Okay, this is a, I just want to grab a couple of updates over the last couple of days before I forget. Um, the first one is that on Monday, after having gone to church and had uh, Pastor Paul's father try to um, connect me to that lady, he actually called me on Monday and gave me her name and phone number. And uh, I knew that I needed to turn around immediately and call him back and say, you know, hey, I'm not headed in that direction. So I called him up and explained to him that I had been caught off guard, um, but that really I had prayed about it. And I am still waiting for um, a woman that the Lord has already showed me, I really believe is going to be my wife. And I'm going to continue to remain in faith, even though I have no logical reason to do so. I'm going to trust God. And um, I said, I hope you're not offended by it. And I said, I wanted to let you know so that you could possibly refer or introduce her to somebody else, um, you know, if you thought it. And he said, oh, absolutely not. And, you know, he said, hold your breath and, you know, God bless you type of thing. And so um, I felt like a, a real release as soon as I did that. I felt a sense of peace return that, you know, I was no longer in violation of my faith. I wasn't... Um, you know, basically contradicting what I believe because for me to hand my phone number out or even to pursue another woman right now um, would be to, to say that I don't believe what God has already told me. So my actions must line up with what I believe and so I'm, I feel really good about having done that. Then I had um, an amazing conversation with my children last night and something so very cool. First of all, I spoke for 45 minutes with Tyler. We talked a lot about God. He asked me a really cool question. Dad, are there anything in your life that you want that you haven't gotten yet? And I just thought, what a neat question. I told him I had three things that I could think of immediately. And one was a wife, one was my own automobile, and then my own place to live. And um, he said um, something like, Dad, I, he says, I hope it's Jill. And I said, well, son, Daddy and Jill are no longer together. I said, because daddy picked Jill and I said, now daddy is waiting for God to pick my wife. And I said, I can pick, but I wouldn't do as good of a job as the Lord would. And I said, one day the same thing will happen for you and you're wise if you allow the Lord to pick your, your spouse. He says, daddy, did, did you pick mommy or did God pick mommy? And I just thought, Wow. So I kind of explained to him that we were both young, didn't really know God, and didn't really invite God into that decision. And that that's one of the reasons why it's important to let God pick your spouse. And uh, so that was just a great conversation. Then Nathan gets on the telephone and tells me he thinks he's fractured his leg in a run. It's hurting so bad that uh, he can't hardly do a lot of exercise, can't walk really fast. He's got a real sharp pain. Sounds like maybe a stress fracture of something, and I'm thinking, wow, this just happens all the time. Well, immediately I felt led to pray for him. And um, I said, Nathan, let's just pray right now. And I just had a tremendous amount of faith because this is a child. A child will believe, and I realized this is a barrier that exists when you're trying to pray with another adult. Like for me to pray with my mom, for her to be healed, she doesn't believe God. So she's not going to be healed. So... God only heals people that believe that as far as I can tell, God only heals people that ask him for the healing. And you can't ask for something you don't believe in. So I prayed with him last night. And while we were praying, he says, Dad, you want to know something? I said, what, buddy? He says, I think God just healed me. 
And I said, Nathan, I have no doubt he may have just healed you. I said, what makes you think that? He says, well, Daddy, it was like there was a thorn in my leg. And then all of a sudden, while you were praying, the, the, the pain went away. Now, I was just really excited for him. And I said, can you stand on it? He goes, yeah, and there's no pain. So I ended up the conversation with him, telling him to give the Lord thanks. And I said, for any reason the pain comes back, lay your hands on it and pray and ask Jesus to heal you. And I said, and thank God that he did this for you. So anyhow, um, this was just an amazing thing to have happen. And I really believe God healed him. He, he, could be, he could have said that because he saw me with my testimony of being healing just two weeks ago. And he could be thinking similar thoughts. This is what my mom's first explanation was. Well, you know, it could be that he just heard you. And I said, no, mom, that's, that's not it. And the, the reason why I kind of know that that's not it is because he was just being... You know, normal, after we finished the prayer, and he was kind of like, you could tell, wow, something had happened, and he said, Dad, you want to know something? And it was like he was almost, like, confused that it had actually happened. And um, so, that is something that is totally awesome that I'm very excited about. And uh, then, of course, my parents, my mom spent some time doubting, and then yesterday, my mom... uh, came to me in the morning time and said, um, listen, you know, Hey, I'm going to contact the district attorney and Hey, do you want to go to that Thursday morning thing with, uh, so-and-so that business meeting of Christian professionals, you know, so that you can go and be around, uh, those people and get exposure and all that. And I said, no mom. And I could tell my mom is back again, trying to promote me. And I explained to her mom, I'm waiting upon the Lord. I had to explain to her again. She goes, well, I'll be honest with you. I'm worried. You know, I'm trying to, it's, it's about the money. I'm trying to get, you know, some things going for you. And, and, uh, so I just realized, you know, I had to put a stop to her. So there again, I'm having to teach my mom about how God works and that, you know, we have to wait upon the Lord that God will promote me. My mom is not going to be promoting me. And I've still been praying fervently for, God to provide the finances that haven't come yet and um, to help me finish this work I'm starting. So I'm still waiting, still believing, and uh, I'm excited about it all. So something really um, encouraging happened this morning. It's 9.30 on Friday morning, February 15th. I have been um, back and forth, up and down each day, you know, kind of like I'm feeling it in the morning after my word time. Um, there's 616 right there on this license plate. <laughs> oh, the Lord is so good. He's so good. I sometimes feel like now he's doing this on purpose when he knows I'm recording these journal entries. <laughs> oh, God, you're so good, Lord. You are so good. Ephesians 616. Now take up the shield of faith with which to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. <laughs> I've been seeing that number every single morning, you know, usually on the clock or there on the license plate. I see it somewhere. And uh, that's kind of what this is about is I, I'm continuing to fight in faith through the discouragement, through the doubt, and through really circumstances that say nothing that I'm believing for is going to happen. And God just continues to encourage me. I seek Him, and He continues to show me, look, Daniel prayed for something, and it took three weeks for me to get an angel there because, you know, 
Satan fought against the answered prayer. So the reality is Daniel's prayer was answered immediately. Daniel's prayer was not answered when he received the help. It was answered the second the help was sent. So God keeps showing me, Michael 212, I've already answered your prayers. Continue to ask, continue to persist, continue to believe in faith until they actually arrive and come to fruition. So this morning I felt led to share with my mother just an update on my faith and what God's challenging me to believe for and how his timing and the whole thing. I told him about the, I told her about the idea of um, faith in love that I feel like God may be prompting me to and giving me permission to tell the story about the fact that he has already, and here is 717 right here before my eyes. That is John 717. And if anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or I speak on my own. That is one of my favorite verses. It's the verse of scripture that basically is the ultimate test of Jesus saying, if you want to know if God's word is true, put it into action and you will see that it is true and from the Lord. And so I shared this whole story with my mother of what's been going on. And I asked her to read from page 73 through the end of the chapter in George Mueller's book. And, and, um, because it really details accounts, basically it, it outlines the exact same kind of faith walk I'm going through right now. And my mom comes to me, this woman of little doubt and faith and who's persecuted me to no end. She comes to me after she's read this and she says, you know, Michael, it occurred to me. She actually came to the hallway to tell me this. she said, what are you going to do if somebody does provide a $50,000, um, donation. Because I told my mom, I said, I'm not waiting for a hundred dollar donations. I'm believing God for a 50,000, a 10,000, a 5,000, a $20,000 donation. And she said, what are you going to do? Cause you know, people are going to want to have tax write off for that. And how are they going to make the check out to you? And you know, you're not tax deductible. And I said, well, mom, I'm going to figure that out. I have to either do a 5013C or I was thinking about maybe funneling it through, you know, the church, either through pastor Rusty or through Pastor Paul, and she says, well, you know, you really ought to, you ought to check into that. You ought to find out before it's too late. And I'm going, listen at with the faith, the, the faith in which my mother is now speaking after just reading a couple of pages in George Mueller's book. I was like, praise God. I handed her the book and asked God to increase her faith while she was reading it. So there's an answered prayer. And she says, well, you know, you need to do your homework on that now. So it's like my mom telling me, you need to do your homework because, I mean, if somebody's going to give you this kind of money, they're going to want to know, not like nobody's ever going to give you this, you're pipe dreaming. My mom actually mixed her little bit of mustard seed faith with mine this morning, and I thought that was so cool. So I I just cannot wait to see what God's going to do. You know, here I today I have $30 in my checking account. My checking account balance was negative for a week. I have $2,100 I need to pay in last year's taxes and penalties and interest that are continuing. I have $275 that was due th four or five days ago to the attorney that I can't pay. I have $300 in back child support from last month I can't pay. I have the $2,400 from the past summer that I didn't pay where I didn't believe I had to pay because the kids were with me. I have a cell phone bill that's due I still can't pay. I'm either the biggest fool that's ever lived or God is going to provide. And he's brought me to this point for a reason. He stretched my faith farther than I thought it could ever go for a reason. 
And I have just been clinging to him in faith through all the doubt and all the discouragement. I just continue to run right back to the word and say, help me, God. Help me believe. Help me believe. I, I believe you, Father. I trust you. And I just continue to tell Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Thank you, Lord. And I feed my, my faith on his word. And um, so now I'm just, I'm waiting. And one of the biggest things... I feel grounds me in this faith is that I'm not, this is not something new for me. This is not me waking up one day going, oh, I got an idea. Why don't I just get rid of everything I've ever worked for, throw my business in the toilet, live on my parents' food, drive their car, not have virtually any choices, can't afford much more than coffee, and um, I'll just sit around on my lazy butt and wait for God to provide miraculously. No, this is not what I did. I um, have seen God deliver me in faith, I've seen him do this repeatedly in court where at the last minute, he he totally delivered me. He told me 18 months earlier that he would do this. It took 18 months for me to see the fruition of that answered prayer. And I've seen it done t two times in a major way. And over 18 months, I've seen God repeatedly tell me, this is going to happen, and then it does. So I am still holding on and clinging to the beautiful wife of my future, my helpmate, God's chosen one for me. I totally cannot wait to see what God's going to do with that. I'm still waiting for finances. I'm still standing strong in faith, although I have nothing. And like I say, it's, it's going to come down to either I'm a fool or God is faithful. And I tell you, I already know the answer to that. So praise be to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is pretty cool. It's 11:30. Um, I've been I've been working this morning on providing an updated financial affidavit and basically providing a bunch of additional financial records that my ex-wife is um, requiring me through the court system to produce um, because they still think that I'm hiding money. They are absolutely convinced in their own minds that I am hiding money. So I told the father. Lord, I am. I really get the energy drained out of me having to do this details work. And not only that, but I said I can't wait for the day where I no longer have an enemy that constantly is dragging me back to court and asking me to fill out this document and produce this and all that. This morning I saw a number. This is a new number that I've been seeing. And um, it's 646. I've been seeing it a couple of times recently. And all of a sudden I realized this morning I saw it. And I believe that it is Mark 6.46. And I believe the Lord just confirmed it a few minutes ago. But Mark 6.46 says, After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. And it's becoming apparent to me that the Lord has actually asked me multiple times to come up on this mountain. I mean, you would think that I'm just going just for me. But what's starting to occur to me is that I can now think of several times where God is calling me to come up on that mountain. In particular, um, shortly after I got off the phone from a hearing where I was in a hearing with a court judge over the phone and it didn't go the way I wanted it to at all, God told me to come to the secret place. I felt him immediately telling me to come up on the mountain and pray. So I see this number 646 this morning and I'm like, wow. Well, now I am um, leaving Starbucks got a lot of my work done, but now I have to actually go hunt down all the documents and produce them and stuff and copy them and all that, put it all together. And I see a car that says 999 just a couple of seconds ago. And 999 
I saw a long time ago, and that is a scripture that is a, um, a psalm. It says, it, it's Psalm 99.9. It says, Exalt the Lord our God and worship at His holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. And I knew when God showed me that number, it was kind of like after the fact that I had already discovered this mountain place with God where I go up and spend all this time with Him. <coughs> Something in my sinuses. It was just kind of like Him affirming. And my mom had just said three days ago, she's like, you couldn't move to Florida because I have a friend who offered for me to go down and live in Florida with him. And I just I told him that I couldn't. The Lord has helped me not yet. <clears throat> my mom's like, you couldn't go move to Florida. She's like, you, 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 wouldn't, you couldn't leave that mountain. That, you know, your special place to meet with God. And I thought, how cool is that, that my mom gets that, that the Lord and I have this place. So, I don't know, I just thought it's really cool. So, I feel like the Lord is telling me to come up on the mountain and pray and to worship. So, <clears throat> that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go up on the mountain and pray and worship. And then I'm going to come back this afternoon and finish up this legal paperwork. I've just arrived at the top of the mountain today. And I'm just praising God because... I just ran for the first time in like, I don't know, 120 days or more. I just ran all the way up the mountain and my ankle doesn't hurt. It's so awesome. And I've just been praising God. I've been thanking him so much for healing me. And I just come up here and I just feel the presence of God today. I just feel his presence here today. And I know why he called me up here. <clears throat> he called me up here to strengthen me. And a thought occurred to me that many people are going to see my videos. Um, whether it's 10 people or 1,000 people, that's a many. But they're going to be focused on me teaching. And they're going to see how I teach and how I talk and what I say. I have a tendency to be very passionate when I speak. And what I feel like I need to make sure that I reveal to people is what the tender side of me looks like when I'm with my daddy. That I become like a five-year-old boy wanting to crawl up in his lap saying, play with me, daddy. Spend time with me, daddy. And <clears throat> I wish I could have people see how sweet I talk to the Lord and just how tender he makes me feel before him. That it's not all about being Mr. Passionate and Convicted. Yes, that's all very important because we're talking about things that, that are a matter of eternal life and death. And there's nothing more important in anyone's life or in all of the universe than to, to talk about and understand that subject. But the point of all of that, because it's all a means to an end, is this, to be in a known relationship with God and to then help other people to have a, a known relationship with God. That's what it's all about. It's it, the, the study, the speaking, the daily encouragement, the devotionals, the teachings, all of that stuff is a means to an end. It's, it's not just so that people can be ever hearing and ever learning. It's so that people can begin to have this intimacy with God. <clears throat> and for that matter, I'm going to say it's time for me to shut up because I am so 
jealous for my own time to be with the Father. So I'm going to end this recording right now and just go right back into the presence of the Lord. But this is what it's all about. Finding a way, I'm finding a place to get alone with the Father. I treasure these times more than anything on the planet. I just got some, just a really nice thing happened. This is just a quick update. Uh, still, absolutely nothing new has changed really on anything. Everything is still being held back. I've heard nothing new on nothing new on the resources for the ministry, nothing new on any fruit. In fact, I would say all of that has regressed. Um, everything's exceptionally quiet. There hasn't been hardly any views on the website. Granted, I mean on the the video. Granted, the new website's almost done, so I'm really actually glad that nobody's going to it because it would be kind of a waste just to have them watch the story. But um, so God keeps telling me I, I keep seeing lots of three one threes. Um, I still am sporadically seeing eight eleven. Always when it's like God's going, okay, let me just remind you, stay, stay focused here, stay doing what you're doing. And, um, this morning I saw 919 and I'm like, God, what is that? So I'm a little confused on what the Lord is telling me to stay back from or hold back on and, uh, not get ahead of him in. So I'm praying about that. Yesterday, um, my parents sent me down to have a talk and immediately I'm thinking it's going to be one of these negative family talks. When are you getting a job? What are you going to do? Da, 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 da. I went into prayer. I immediately prayed, asked God to cover me. I go sit down with them and my mom's like, we can, we've, we've thought of a way you could make $1,500. And I'm like, really? Okay. What, what, doing what? And they're like, the outside of the house, needs to be painted all the 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 under you know the awnings or whatever you call it uh, the soffits and all that stuff need to be painted if you'll do the whole house we'll pay you fifteen hundred dollars and uh, you can't really do it till it gets warmer so how about if we pay you in advance and I'm like man this is awesome so now my parents paid my cell phone bill last month as a donation to my ministry now they have found more work for me to do around the house giving me the fifteen hundred dollars then I just get in the car and my tank is full of gas. My parents have gone from, and particularly mostly my mother, from fighting against me, thinking I'm an idiot and a fool and, you know, making things difficult on me, to now supporting me in my ministry, recognizing that God is doing something and that, that they're sowing into this ministry. My mother told my stepfather the other day, that if anything goes wrong next Thursday during her surgery, she's having a major surgery for breast reduction and something done to her face. And if she, she says if anything were to go wrong and she died, she wants him to get um, all the money back for the surgery and give half of it to Michael for his ministry. And I, I started to weep when my mom said that. My mom is changing so much so that her... Her best friend, who would have been my godparents had anything ever happened to them, has been having the God talk with my mom. My mom has made it known to me that she recognizes that her friend is not where um, she probably thinks she is. And that, in fact, she more has faith in her in her talking, but not so much in her heart about God. And um, 
My mom's been talking a lot about God. There's 212 right here. 52. It's on the back of Crouch's mud flaps. 1 800 628 5212. I got to pause this and take up. Oh, that was amazing. I pulled up next to a truck. Thank you, God. This is amazing. The, the mud flaps were purchased from a company where the last phone number. The last numbers were 212. My eyes went right to it. As I paused the recording, it was 2.12 p.m. <laughs> oh, God just encourages me. I tell you what. It's just, I'm so encouraged when he does stuff like that. And um, so, anyhow, back to what I was talking about, if I can reconcentrate here. Um, my mom saying she wants to give that money if something happens to my ministry. They now see the validity of what God is doing. They recognize the peace in my heart. Even last night we had a medical doctor at our house who's a friend of theirs and I was trying to encourage him because he's struggling so much. His life is so stressful. And he was listening to me tell parts of my story and I said, you know, Jim, I now have peace. I have a peace that I've never had. And my mom goes, I can testify to that. He definitely has that. And, um, so there's a 717 right in front of me right now. And that is anyone that chooses to do God's will will see whether my teaching comes from God or of my own accord. I'm sitting here testifying to the fact that everything the Bible says is true. And there it is, John 717. So anyhow, with regards to my mother's friend, my mother's friend, after she heard my mom kind of sharing what's been going on with her and her relationship and me and all that stuff with God and all the stuff that I'm constantly doing and talking about, her her friend said, are you being brainwashed? And, you know, I actually take that as a compliment. I'm sitting here realizing that my mother is now starting to testify to her friend so much about God that her friend is asking her, are you being brainwashed? And this is a a friend that's very wealthy, has plenty of money, retired, has traveled all over the world, has need for nothing, you know, big fancy Lexus, big fancy Mercedes, you know, they're, they're millionaires. And, um, so this is just really cool to see. God continues to show me over the last couple of days, five, five, five. I've been seeing this, like my deliverance is coming. You know, and now I just got to put, I had $3.48 in my checking account this morning or three eighty dollars something, whatever it was. And uh, my mom just wrote me the check for $1,500. I still can't pay my taxes, still can't pay all of the back child support, but I'm able to pay the $275 fee I owe to the court and I'm able to give my ex-wife $1,000 for child support. So, you know, I'm not terribly behind and they're not going to die from that. Um... But God's providing. It's not exactly, you know, what I would hope and want, but I'm believing Him for it, and I have total peace. I don't have that anxiety of, when it's coming, God, when... You know, I'm I'm finding that I have a lot of peace right now. A lot. I have peace about... I have peace about the ministry. I have peace about the fruit. You know, people... People's lives changing. I have a lot of peace. I'd say the only thing I don't have a lot of peace over right now is why God has shown me the 919. Like, what is it that he's wanting me to make sure that I don't get ahead of him on? Um, I felt that a little clue might have been yesterday when I felt the need to maybe change the story again to make it more 
watchable, you know, shorter, more high impact. And I felt like God was saying, see, here you go again, constantly wanting to try to change things based upon the outcome. Leave it alone. It will work in my timing according to my spirit, not because you've made it a little better, a little more impact. So I think it's certainly possible that God may be telling me, stand still. Just continue to wait. Don't get ahead of me. So I uh, overall... I'm pretty excited, and for me to have just seen 212 twice, I mean, that's, that's incredible. I mean, that is incredible. I mean, God it God does the same things today that he does in the Bible, because God did this kind of thing in the Bible all the time, where he would tell, you know, go to this person's house, and you'll find a man named Saul there. He told this to Cornelius, you know, he tells um, Ananias to go do this. He tells, you know, them to go find the man that's got a, a, a colt tied up. Go there, you'll find the colt tied up. He tells, you know, Isaac, uh, anyhow, I'm getting off on track. But the point is, is that God does tell people in advance of things to come and things that he's going to do. And that's just so awesome. So I can't wait to see how this is all going to come out. So now I'm headed to my little office at Starbucks to uh, work on the videos that I filmed over the last couple of days, getting them ready for the March 1st launch, which I'm so excited about. It's 2.01. It's the 19th of February. I'm up on the mountain. It's very beautiful, very windy. I have been up here at the top, and I have been praising God and been in prayer the whole time. And I just... For the first time, I think, ever, I had a prayer where there's nobody around, so I raised my voice very loud. It was almost like a yelling prayer to the Father, um, not yelling at Him, but yelling to Him, and it was absolutely awesome. The other thing I wanted to capture is I realized while I was walking up on this trail, I had a very weird dream last night, and I feel like it's a dream from the Lord a little bit. It is a dream where I am at some kind of a store, and I'm, I'm looking through like a box of random stuff that's for sale. Like, you know, stuff people ordered that they never got. And, or that nobody ever claimed. And so I'm looking through all this stuff and I see this camera. And it's like a, a little bit of an older camera, like a, a Canon Mark V, a really fancy one. Um, and there's a note on it and it's in a box and it says addressed to Michael Criswell. And there's a note in there from a friend and it's like some, some guy that knew me like through business or wherever somehow. I didn't know him really well, but he was a guy who had a little bit more money. He's probably like a successful business owner or something. And he had actually given me this camera and it never made it to me. It was sitting now in this pile of things for sale because nobody ever claimed it. It's like it was sitting at the post office or something and I, I don't know how I never got it. I never was able to get this camera. So now I was so excited. I was like, look at this. This has been mine the whole time. I just hadn't received it yet. So I was able to leave with this camera, this gift. And that dream, I don't know 100% what it means, but that dream falls so in line with what God has been teaching me about the 212. He has granted you the requests of your heart. The, he has granted you the desire, desires of your heart. He has not withheld 
the request of your lips. That's God saying, I've already answered the prayer. But yet you don't receive it yet. Huh, that's weird. Well, it's the same thing with Daniel when he prayed, come help. And, and the angel shows up, I think, three weeks late. He said, I tried to get here sooner, but an angel or a spirit stood against me. And he had to battle. And I think he even had to go back and get Michael or something. I don't remember that story. I need to go read it. But I remember the idea behind it. It's almost like that getting the camera, it's like it's, it was there the whole time. I just hadn't received it. It hadn't made its way to me yet. I needed to, to, to remain in faith. And so it's almost like I woke up feeling like, yeah, you have some things already. Some prayers have already been answered. There are some things that are already yours. You will receive them. They just haven't made their way to you yet. But they will. You'll find them. And um, find it interesting how I just kind of ran into the camera. It wasn't like I went looking for it. It just, it, it just showed up. I just happened to be at this place and ran into it. And realized, oh, that's mine. That's supposed to be coming to me. That's exactly like bumping in. I didn't go looking for her. I had no idea that she would be there twice now. That's happened. It is definitely a very interesting dream for sure. Tonight I had a talk with the kids and I was on the phone with Chelsea and Chelsea let the cat out of the bag. She says, Dad, I don't, I don't want I There's something bad happened. She goes, oh, I can't tell you. And she says, oh, I've said too much and I'll get in trouble if I tell you. And I said, honey, you cannot not keep things from Daddy. Don't ever be afraid to tell your father. Is there something that was bad said about me? She said, no, it's something that happened to Nathan. She ended up telling me that the other day, actually today, all four of them were in the car. Coach, the grandpa, had taken them to the park. On the way back, there became an argument over who was sitting in a certain seat. Coach asked uh, Nathan to get out of the seat, and he apparently wouldn't. And uh, because Coach had misunderstood who was supposed to sit in the seat or what have you. So he pulled the car off the side of the road and asked my six-year-old to get out. This is in the neighborhood in Waterford Lakes and got he set, left him on the side of the road on the sidewalk and drove off with my three girls in the car. And Chelsea said, Dad, I was so scared. She said, I was terrified for Nathan. And I was just devastated. While Chelsea is sharing this with me, I can feel that fatherly, I want to kill somebody instinct coming inside. I look up and see 616 Ephesians 6.16, God reminded me, take up the shield of faith with which to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. And apparently he turned back around and came and picked him up. Tonight I talked to Nathan and he said that it made him feel sad. And um, I let him express how he felt and I told him how wrong that was for a coach to do that. That that was a wrong thing for him to do. I told him I was proud of him for talking with me about it. I told him I was very sorry that this happened to him, that he needs to understand that he did not do anything to deserve that. I assured him that even if Coach would have driven off and never came back for him, I said, Nathan, who would have taken care of you? He said, God. I said, you better believe it. And I said, that's what we're going to do. I said, Daddy could call him up and say, why did you do this? I can't believe I said, but no, let me tell you what Daddy does. Daddy trusts God. I said, guess who saw that today? He said, God, I said, that's right. God sees everything and we can trust him to fight the battles and him to make the corrections and him to protect us. Said, so we need to forgive coach. Said, what he did was wrong. 
So we need to forgive him today. And I said, let's pray for him and understand that he loves you. He just made a bad mistake. That was the wrong thing to do. And it ended up being just a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for me to teach the kids how to live for Christ. It's really almost hard to be mad at all of these very difficult and unrighteous things they're doing because it's giving me an opportunity to show the kids how Jesus Christ would respond. Chelsea told me she was really afraid of getting in trouble. And I said, honey, I will trust the Lord. I will ask the Father what He wants me to do about this. I will not try to get you in trouble. And I said, but don't ever feel bad about telling me these things. I said, is there anything like this that's happened before where they've told you not to tell? She goes, yeah, Grandma does this. And she had began to tell me an episode that happened in Chicago where apparently all the girls were upstairs in the room and Grandma began to yell at or... And she goes, she didn't push the girls or anything. And I thought that was kind of odd. I don't know. She was cut short while she was telling me what was happening. But she said to Grandma, I said, don't tell anybody about this. Well, Coach had told them the same thing today. Don't tell anybody about this. So basically, you have grandparents that do things they're not supposed to do. And then they tell the children to lie and not say anything. These are the same parents, coach, uh, grandparents that are going with them to church every week that call daddy uh, from, say that I'm from the devil, that I'm a freak, um, that I'm just an idiot, that I don't have any money, that I put myself before them, that I don't care about them. All of these horrible things that this man and possibly the mother say about me and this is the kind of things they're doing to my children. Now, I could easily flip out and call him up and want to jerk a knot in his tail. I could easily get in the car, drive to Florida, reach through that door and smack him. But this is what the old Michael Criswell would do. The new Michael Criswell walks according to the Spirit. And I would be the biggest fool to not run to God first because God sees all of this. See, this is the difference between where I used to be, where I'm at, where I used to be. would say, yeah, I know God sees it, but i got to do something about this. Mm Mm-mm. God now tells me to trust Him. Incidentally, I saw seven, 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 four sevens as I pulled in the, the driveway today. Seven, 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 seven. Today is also the day I see six o one Isaiah sixty one. Arise, shine, let your light shine for the glory of the Lord is upon you. Seems like God is telling me that my day and my ministry is almost here, and. Um, You know, I had a little day of discouragement today with the enemy whack-whacking my thoughts about my videos, and um, it ended on such a positive note. I got a chance to talk with my kids, and I reaffirmed that um, Nathan's leg is fine. So last week when I prayed for Nathan, he was healed miraculously. His, quote, broken or fractured leg, he wasn't even going to be able to hardly walk, couldn't run in the race the next day. While we were praying... Nathan says to me, Dad, I think God just healed my leg. He had no more pain in his leg. The next day, he was able to run the mile race, and he won first place. Um, Amazing, and he's so excited that God has healed him. So my little six-year-old son, seven-year-old son, has seen the faith of God now while his daddy was praying for him to receive healing. He's believing God. 
I prayed tonight for Tyler and for his brain, asked him to lay his hands on him and to believe God for healing. I got on my knees and fervently prayed in belief. So I'm getting the opportunity to teach my children the truths about God and about trusting God and depending upon Him and not the world's success. Tyler also mentioned to me tonight that he doesn't feel smart. And I said, son, you are brilliant. You're just maybe not so smart in some of the things that other people think make smart. Just like daddy. I said, to this day, I still can't spell a lot of words. I said, but some people think that daddy is like one of the smartest people they know. And I said, I don't think that about myself at all. But I said, I do learn a lot and read a lot of books. And I'm smart in certain things. I said, you're brilliant at video games. Maybe not at doing math or reading so much. I said, but you're very smart. Well, I don't feel so smart. Well, I ended up encouraging him. And then he got back on the phone with me at the end and asked me, why do we say in Jesus' name, amen, when we pray? So I got the opportunity to talk to him about that. And he's just this this amazing kid that keeps asking me these God questions. And I'm so proud of him. So I got off the phone tonight with all of my kids. Um, just... I know I can trust God. I know He's doing something. I know this isn't going to be the end of it. I'm going to have custody of my kids. I know that God is showing me that this ain't over yet. That I'm going to have custody of my kids. I'm believing God for the resources. And I am believing God for bringing those kids back into my life His way, not without the court. I'll be able to testify that God gave me back my children. And He provided for me to be able to take care of my kids. I know that's going to happen. In Jesus' name, let it be. Okay, today is February 19th, and it is, uh, it's a beautiful, sunny day. It's cold. It's about 51 degrees. I'm headed up to the mountain to go spend some time with the Lord. I've been working all morning long on really kind of trying to plan out some of these messages for the daily devotion thing. And interesting, I saw at one time this morning, 611 and 616, um, on two separate clocks in the kitchen at the same exact time. This is Ephesians 6.11 and Ephesians 6.16, all about putting on the full armor of God, finally taking up the shield of faith with which to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. And I know why, because I'm in the exact same place of confusion and doubt in this moment. This is what cracks me up about this. You know, a couple of days ago, I could just be so excited yeah, this is exactly what God wants me to do. I feel God smiling on my face. Um, and then today I'm at a place where I'm confused about, you know, what I should say um, subject-wise. Should I do series? Should I talk about my story? What subject should I teach first? And I find that same confusion setting in and it... it, it it really is annoying. I think I know where this is coming from. And with God's help, I'll press through it. But I'm going to do that through prayer. I am now, instead of trying to push with my own human effort and just continuing to concentrate and, and push, 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 I feel led to go spend some quality time at the Holy Mountain with my Father and just pray. Um, to have him inspire me because I think my anxiety is coming from the fact that I do not want to teach anything outside of God's will. I want to be 
one of those that properly handles the word of truth. I now realize that because I'm becoming a teacher, quote, of the truth, that I will be held to a higher level of accountability. And I, I do not want this to be some empty, powerless thing that just is for the sake of motivating somebody. I don't want it to be like the old kickstart stuff. I want it to be spirit-filled, life-giving, life-transforming stuff that is powered by the Holy Spirit, not by Michael Criswell. So when it comes to sitting down and starting to plan, I am feeling all those anxieties of, is this me doing it or is this God doing it? Am I talking about what he would want me to talk about? So it's just like, you know, same old stuff right before I launch my story. This is all about you. You don't even know how to tell your own story. You've made this too long. Why are you being so transparent? I mean, just same old kind of stuff. So I'm going to silence the enemy with faith. I'm going to take God at his word to me this morning, putting on, taking up the shield of faith. So I'm going to go up to this mountain. I'm going to declare my faith in God. And what's interesting is, Another point that I want to make is the old me would have maybe gotten up, gotten a little snack, listened to some, you know, song or something like that, and then I would have gotten right back up and pressed into this. I would have kept pressing and kept pressing in my own human strength. And I recognize since I'm fighting I'm fighting a spiritual battle that the the best work that can be done is to walk away from the work and enter into prayer and worship. So I'm going to go do that because when I do, the Father fills my tank. And um, I'm going to go do it. So in the meantime, I'll wait and see what the Father wants. But um, the enemy's all around. I'm aware of it. I'm feeling a little tired physically. So I'm going to go seek the Lord. And what I believe I... I have the idea on the thing I'm going to pose to the Father is basically I keep seeing 12:11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the power of the testimony. And this goes right in line with God telling me, "Tell the story of what I've done in your life." And I think that the lessons that are inside my story, the hidden lessons that don't expose themselves just by somebody watching it necessarily may be very valuable. And so I see this idea of me deconstructing my own story, going back through it and kind of pulling out some of the lessons along the way that I've learned. So people can kind of feed off of the real experiential wisdom and truth that can be seen in my story. That's all I'm going to say. Because I'm out of breath. I'm so tired. Ugh. So I just finished skimming through reading the 31 promises in Joel Osteen's book, 31 promises to speak and claim over your life. And I read through each of these promises and I'm thinking, okay, what's wrong with this book? How do I articulate why this is not a godly book? And their emphasis is on that there is life and death in the power of the tongue. And so they're basically trying to say that you manifest what you speak. I could not disagree more. There have been times when I have articulated things 
that I'm frustrated about that I didn't necessarily mean it and God gave me something exact opposite of that. He gave me a blessing because he cared about me and he's graceful with me. I have also spoken and believed for things that did not happen. I believe um, this is an, a very unbiblical approach to Christianity. It is correct, there is life and death in the tongue, but that is for the injuring or blessing of another person, not for the establishing of one's material prosperity. In other words, what the Bible is saying is that there's not literal life and death in the tongue, there is spiritual or mental life and death. You can literally wipe somebody out mentally and spiritually with your tongue. Not that you're going to create life or abundance or blessings because you speak it. This is not biblical. So as I read these 31 promises, there is not a single mention of the word obedience. So I can take his 31 promises of the good life and boil it down into one promise. The one promise is, Obey the commandments of Jesus. And that opens up promises you can't even begin to think to ask for from God. And so Joel Osteen's approach is an external in. He's saying if you think it, talk it, say it, speak it, act it, it will happen on the inside. And that is not true. Christianity is an inside-out experience, not an outside-in. You're not going to become more like Jesus by claiming a promise. You don't claim promises of Scripture until you obey Scripture. You can't sit and get on your high horse of God's going to bless, God's going to bless, my best day's coming, my, I am going to be explosive, as they call it, explosive blessings. I mean, I read this and just go, this guy is selling people a complete book of tell me what my itching ears want to hear. My life is not going well. I don't have as much material blessings. I don't have as much love. I don't have as much stuff. I don't have as much prosperity. So tell me what I need to say so that my life is perfect, happy, easy. He even says in there, my life is getting easier. This is going to be effortless. I'm going, are you kidding me? What does Jesus Christ say? So I read this book and I have a, t a, a total new disrespect for this guy. He is clearly teaching a positive only gospel message and is not, I don't hear anything in there about obey the Lord Jesus Christ, participate in Christ's sufferings and you'll participate in his glory. Count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. I don't hear anything. His is all about tomorrow's going to be great. I'm going to believe this promise. My life's getting better. My marriage is getting better. Saying those things doesn't do a hill of beans for you. Speaking something, if, if you could just speak your way into God's blessing, you wouldn't need God. If you could just say things in God, there'd be no need to be humility, to have humility and be dependent upon God. On the contrary, I see the amazing things that God does in my life the supernatural guidance every day. I'm not speaking. Today, my life is getting better. God is blessing me more and more. My life with is going to start faster and faster. My kids are going to be here sooner and sooner. My life is being blessed. My ministry is growing. No, I ask the Father, Father, I ask you, Lord, 
to do this for me, Lord. According to your will, may it be done. Father, I love you. What do I need to obey you in today, God? Thank you, God, for your grace in my life. Thank you for teaching me and leading me, guiding me. Father, I'm not strong enough to do this without you. Help me, O oh Lord God. I mean, the idea of speaking things and speaking your little easy, free, carefree Christian life into existence is just ridiculous. I have a life that I could only dream of. I mean, whether you whether I have a dollar in my account or a ten million dollars in my account, I have a God who loves me, who walks with me every single day, who lets me know he's with me, counsels me, directs me, guides me, blesses me, and I haven't spent the first day saying these impersonal thoughts, completely disconnected from prayer to God, saying, I am being blessed today, my life is getting better, I have no worries, the enemy cannot defeat... No. I speak directly to God, I do speak directly to Satan when he's messing with me, but other than that, I find that book and that philosophy very, very disheartening, that people are buying that by the boatload. By the boatload. And so, they're not getting more of God, they're getting more of the mantra. They're just coming back for more itching ears. There's a 777 right beside me. Praise the Lord God Almighty. The other thing I wanted to capture a thought about Joel Osteen's books is Joel Osteen's books seem to all be about you getting your life in order, more comfortable, or getting your blessings. It's all about getting your blessings and your finances and, and the blessings are going to flow in your life. It has nothing to do, I don't see anything in there about the blessing of communing with God. The blessing, the God's greatest blessing is His presence. The greatest gift God has ever given me is being with me daily, showing me numbers, communicating to me. I am seeing 818 and 414 like crazy today. 818, Psalm 43, and many will see and fear and put their a trust in the Lord. And it's 81,800 miles right here. I've seen 414 about three times. And that is, um, let us fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. Oh, um, since we have a great high priest who has gone before us through the heavens, Jesus let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Again, God telling me to hold firmly. I've seen 515 today, and I just saw 616 twice inside of five minutes. And I saw a 777. So I know the devil's up to his no good stuff again. Going to be messing with me. Hold firmly. Take up the shield of faith with which to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. Here I am standing against the, the bad teaching of Osteen. Here I am encouraging brother Bobby Junkin today. Here I am believing God for his greatness. And um, so I know something's coming. I'm going to have to just be on my guard. I need to go get something to eat. But again, Osteen is talking about the things and the blessings of God, God's goodies, not God himself. I, my message is, and you won't hear anywhere about God will give you and bless you this. Yeah. After you completely delight yourself in Him, if you're a true Christian, I don't believe God gives you good things except for by His grace when He knows you don't yet fully understand the difference between asking God for Him versus asking God for His blessings. I am so content to just have God. Yes, I'm asking for... But I spend maybe 30 minutes a day 
thinking about her, praying about her. The rest of the day is committed to the Father. But she is a desire, an earthly desire of my heart. And I believe God's going to give her to me. But I'm not obsessed. I haven't put her before God. I don't put anything or anybody before God. And quite honestly, if I never ever got or never got anything, as long as God will continue to be with me like this, use me and bring fruit, I will be tickled pink. Not because he's going to give me all these great little sugar daddy gifts. That's what it seems like the Joel Osteen people are teaching people to go after. It's crazy.